Paul here with today's tip to help you pass ACLS. Depending on the patient's rhythm on the ECG, there are two routes we can take down the adult cardiac arrest algorithm. First, if the patient is in a shockable rhythm such as V-fib or pulseless V-tac, we'll immediately start CPR, deliver a shock as soon as a defibrillator is available, and then go down the left side of the algorithm. Or secondly, for patients in a non-shockable rhythm such as pulseless electrical activity or asystole, we'll immediately start CPR, then go down the right side. The right side of the cardiac arrest algorithm, asystole and PEA, is today's PASS ACLS tip topic. Listening to a tip daily for a few weeks before your class will help to cement the key concepts needed for you to pass your ACLS written exam and megacode. Push the plus, follow, or subscribe button in your listening app, or activate the Pass ACLS flash briefing skill on your Amazon voice device so you don't miss upcoming tips. You can find additional ACLS-related resources at passacls.com. When we find a person who is non-responsive, we should call for help, perform a head tilt chin lift, and feel for a carotid pulse for 5 to 10 seconds while assessing for signs of breathing. For patients that don't have a pulse and are not breathing, or patients without a palpable carotid pulse and only agonal gasping respirations, we should immediately start good, high-quality CPR. Good CPR should continue until a monitor defibrillator, or AED, is attached to the patient and the rhythm is ready to be analyzed. If the patient's rhythm is V-fib or V-tac, we'll continue CPR until a shot can be delivered, then we'll go down the left side of the adult cardiac arrest algorithm. If the patient is on a monitor that shows asystole or PEA, we should immediately resume CPR starting with fast and deep chest compressions at a rate of 100 to 120 per minute and at a depth of at least 2 inches or 5 centimeters. If we're using an AED and the patient's ECG is anything but a shockable rhythm, the AED will say that no shock is advised and to resume CPR. Because there isn't a pulse, we'll assume that the patient is in either asystole or PEA. In either case, we'll start down the right side of the adult cardiac arrest algorithm. Good, high-quality, continuous CPR should be delivered with minimal interruptions of 10 seconds or less so that we can provide a chest compression fraction of at least 80%. As help arrives, we should ensure that we're ventilating the patient with 100% oxygen by attaching the BVM to O2 and running it at at least 15 liters per minute, attach end tidal CO2 waveform capnography to monitor CPR quality, and ensure an 18-gauge or larger IV of normal saline is run wide open unless the patient has a reason to restrict fluids such as pulmonary edema, renal failure, or anasarca. As soon as an IV is established, we should deliver the first dose of 1 milligram of 1 to 10,000 epinephrine rapid IV push. Epi will be continued as 1 milligram IV push every 3 to 5 minutes until we have ROSC, the rhythm changes, or we call the code. After the first dose of Epi, we can consider placement of an advanced airway, such as an endotracheal tube, LMA, or an esophageal tube airway while we begin considering possible HNT reversible causes. Getting an advanced airway is helpful, but not a priority at this point. Generally speaking, 
We can provide adequate oxygenation with a basic airway maneuver such as a head tilt chin lift or modified jaw thrust, a basic airway adjunct such as an OPA or NPA, and using a BVM with supplemental O2 at 15 liters per minute. End-tidal CO2 waveform capnography should be attached to monitor CPR quality. A waveform of at least 10 millimeters of mercury should be present. If not, the CPR coat should give some critical feedback to the compressor or ask that a new team member take over compressions. Doing CPR compressions is physically challenging, so it's generally advised to change compressors every two minutes or sooner if needed. Using information gathered from a medical history, we can begin thinking of the reversible causes of cardiac arrest. An easy way to remember the reversible causes is to think of the H's and T's that are listed on your quick reference card. You can use your quick reference cards during your class's megacode, and I suggest that you have laminated copies with your crash card or AED kits in your work setting. If the patient is in PEA, I would begin thinking of issues like hypovolemia, pericardial tamponade, and tension pneumothorax first. These conditions prevent the heart from mechanically pumping blood even though the electrical system is functioning. These conditions are easily corrected via administration of fluids or blood for hypovolemia, a pericardiosynthesis for tamponade, or pleural decompression of tension pneumothorax. In the case of tamponade or tension pneumo, pericardiosynthesis or pleural decompression will have a nearly immediate effect. If we identify something we believe to be a likely cause of the cardiac arrest, we should take action to correct it while continuing to deliver high-quality CPR with minimal interruptions and continue administration of one milligram of epi every three to five minutes. There is no cumulative maximum dose of epi for patients in cardiac arrest. Patients in PEA have a better chance of ROSC than those in asystole. If a patient remains in asystole for greater than 20 minutes and we've exhausted all of our potential reversible causes, a discussion to call the code should take place. Pre-hospital providers should follow their local protocol and in-hospital personnel their organization's policy or SOP. If you found today's tip on PEA in asystole helpful, consider sharing past ACLS on LinkedIn or other social media. I'm here to help you pass ACLS. Thanks for listening, and good luck with your class.